There's a new virus in the database. We have a zero bug attacking all login and all the way files. Run antivirus. Give me a systems display. So welcome to this episode of The Rising Cyber. In this episode, our discussion will be reflecting on one of the most critical subjects affecting any organization's cybersecurity posture, identity and access control. But before going any further, I want to welcome our guest on this episode today, Zoe Palmer. A very hard person to get on a podcast, um, as she is one of the smartest and most accomplished individuals yet extremely humble. So it is an honor having you on this podcast and thanks for being with us today, Zoe. Thanks, Shadi. You pick me up all the time, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I have to say, Zoe, that uh, we worked uh, together in, in our past lives mm. and uh, you have set the record so, so high when it comes to access control. Uh, because working in cybersecurity and being that person, I need a lot of accounts to test and do things. You were always like the pain uh, there, questioning me when and how and why and where. And the day I say I don't need it, it is, you know, terminated on that day. So you said the standard so high and wherever I went and I worked, it wasn't enough. It wasn't good enough. I want... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Take it away, straight away. You say you don't need it, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, I want to start with asking about the role of an access control and identity management in any organization and its importance overall for any organization's cybersecurity posture. In your own words, how do you see this role is important? It's really important. I was thinking about this earlier and I think it's so apparent currently in society and the news every other day. It's like, you know, there's a data breach here, there's a data breach there. And obviously there's a number of controls that can be put in place that can help that. They all work together. But access management and identity and access management is a really critical piece of this. You know, if you don't get your access right, then you just open the doors and that target on your back that's always there because you are an attractive person to the cyber criminals, if you just open the doors, like I always say, imagine it's a house, like you don't leave all your house open, you don't leave your windows open and you don't basically invite people in. And the best way to do that is you have keys. Same thing, your access management is keys to your house. That's but yeah, with all the, all the data breaches at the moment, you know, privacy is such a big thing. We've got, I don't know, I think, Dimmock's books was done last week, the week yeah. before was Callaway, the week before that was someone else. Like, you know, how do you control your data? You stop people accessing it. So it's becoming more apparent by the day how important access management is. And it, it is such like a critical role as well. Do, is there anything you do to keep yourself motivated, to keep yourself on track? Uh, is there any system that you follow? Uh, because it is a hideous job as well, especially in the organizations you work, they are very complex. Like the environment we worked together, it was full-time employee, contractor, brokers. Uh, there's a million type of account. Uh, how hard does it you know, make it very complex dealing with, these, with this type of uh, access and management for that? Yeah, I mean, I guess 
in a way it can be complicated, but the principles are pretty simple. Like, you know, having the uh, principle of least access, just having what you need to do your job and nothing more. It's the actual operations of it. Yeah, it can be quite tedious. You know, there's systems and all sorts to help that. Um, but I think from just uh, with how important it is, it can be motivating, but you, I always put it back to thinking about what's the consequence if we don't. And that's what I put on other people is I say, it might be tedious, you know, use access reviews. If you're reviewing access every three months or whatever, and you think, oh, I've just done this. This is so, why am I doing it? It's pointless. But think about what would happen. Put yourself in the shoes, like let's be honest, with all the data breaches and stuff, everyone got hit by one of them, whether it was Optus, Medibank, um, Latitude, or they got hit by all three. You know, I think it just becomes more apparent in the kind of area that we're in that yeah. it is important. And, yeah. you know, it may be tedious, but you need to do it. Yeah. And you are so right on that. Many of the ransomware attacks, um, like most of them were from accounts that have been left for people that left the organization or similar things and it was that attack vector that the beachhead that they used even to go into the environment or to laterally move and cause more damage so it is such an important part of uh, of the identity especially now going to the cloud Mm. So, and everyone does that set and forget, you know, you create a system, you set up your IT service and you create some uh, service accounts at the time and you kind of don't think anything more of them. And you're like, oh, no, it'll be okay. And then you leave the organization and 10 years down, they're like, well, what does that account do? Oh, I don't know, but I can't turn it off because it might break something. Yeah. And then, you know, that's an easy way that someone's like, oh, that password hasn't changed for 10 years. I can go and hack this password <laughs> or, you know. Yeah. There's, instead of being one one door to walk through, you've suddenly got 50 doors and that's absolutely. why it's so Yeah, absolutely. Even once we were going to terminate servers and we've seen 2003, 2008 servers in that environment. And they started asking like, who owns these servers? No one had an idea. And it, they were left on for like almost a year because no one knew what they were doing and what they, you know, who owned the, this infrastructure until the day that said like let's turn them off whoever scream we know what they're doing and we had to do that unfortunately so yeah you're right with the with that level of uh, operation it's, so, it's not right to do it it's not ideal but sometimes yeah. if you don't yeah. get the answers you just have to turn it off and see if someone screams yeah exactly and and this is exactly 100 percent zoe working in cyber security is not reading from a book because you are presented every day with challenges and certain things within certain environments and you have to deal with them and, and it's not idealistic all the time. There's that gray area where we have to work, accommodate the business and do the right thing at the same time, yeah? Mm, walking that very fine line. Yeah. <laughs> so working in a high secure environment, you know, with your role now as well, uh, what effects do cybersecurity controls have? Uh, can you walk us through like some process or operational day-to-day -day work activities? I know you don't, you can't be specific, you can't say too much, but whatever you can tell us on a day-to-day -day work for a senior manager in controls and governance. Yeah, I think this governance space around controls is actually, to me, is pretty interesting. Obviously, I have my law background, so I'm a little bit of a nerd in that space. But I think 
A big piece for me around anything is, and it's one of the principles I took from when yourself and Kevin used to teach me cyber all those years ago, and you'd take me onto the dark web and show me all those things, is making it really easy to understand for, some, for most people because they don't. They see cyber and they go, oh, that's really confusing. I don't understand what it is. And I think being able to challenge some of the things that we do in cybersecurity, because we do things and we think they're for the best and we don't think about sometimes what that impact has on the day-to-day -day user or the business people. And the same way is they just say, oh, cyber are coming in and making rules yeah. and making meaning I can't do something. So it's very much being able to have that kind of daily check and challenge and be like, well, is that the right decision to make? And are we doing the best thing? But also then the heart of it is obviously you have to go back to what is the purpose of us being here? Yeah. And it is to stop people getting in and, you know, in any organization, you want to keep whatever you keep yeah. safe and secure. So, but I think, yeah, it works both ways, being on both sides. So being able to contact like your business users and being like, look, I know, it, I know it's hard. I know that you don't want to do these user access reviews or whatever it is. It's not fun, but at the same time, this is the reason behind it and explaining the why in an easy term and not being like, you know, that getting too technical into it is sometimes a bit of a trap we all fall into. Yeah, that's that's what I always noticed in your way, your operations, Zoe, is you always created alliances and you influenced, and this is how you created a leadership without being the direct leader of these groups and these departments by leading by example and by influencing and working with people. Uh, I think this is the best way to do it in cybersecurity mm -hmm. because uh, as you said, you know, we've been looked at as the blockers or the people who uh, always say no, but uh, working with people and uh, explaining what's at stake there is very important and um, critical at the same time for our work. Um, I will go into something more uh, light there is this is a very trending thing in, in cybersecurity, which is women in cyber or women in technology, because you are one of the leading, like you are the blueprint of that in cybersecurity. And I have to say it because I've been hearing that a lot and I see you, you are like example I look into. Uh, someone who's starting as a lawyer in cybersecurity because of the love of technology and thriving and proving all these engineers wrong and and you are becoming more influential in, in this domain in cybersecurity. So what's a piece of advice for the people joining in, especially from certain diverse groups or anything like that? What what do you advise? Like what are the things they can do to join in and to be not only joining but you know uh, progressing the way you are and being very successful in what they're doing? Bless you, Shadi. You, <laughs> you talked me up so much. Uh, this, this topic is actually a really big topic and passion of mine. Um, I don't even think it's just women in cyber. I just think in general, cyber, you benefit, and this isn't just technology, it's everywhere. You benefit from a diverse range of people. You know, everyone brings a completely different perspective and it becomes a really, really, really innovative place to be in if you are able to bring in the different perspectives whether that's from gender from age from race you know whatever it is it works better when there's a, a varied perspective um i do think yeah at the moment being a woman in cyber it's definitely a focus um all about equity you know making sure it's fair for everyone i think 
I've been in a few this week actually and conversations where people have presented about women in technology, women in cyber um, and we've spoken about things like, you know, the, the age-old thing that everyone says, a job description comes up, there's five things in it. A woman reads, she can do three of the five, she can't do two, she won't apply. A man reads that he sees three of those things he can't do, but he'll apply anyway. And I think some of it is about cyber and technology has always been seen as a very male dominated you know when you're younger it's the boys are going to do cyber and some of it is trying to change that narrative but i think it's understanding that anyone can succeed in cyber you know you don't have to be technical is the wrong word i have a leader that um says to me no one should ever say they're not technical because that technical isn't a thing you might not be an engineer but that doesn't mean that you're not technical in a way and you can understand those concepts. So I think it's a very good concept to think about. Um, but the same thing, you don't have to be an engineer to be in cyber. You know, some of the best, um, someone said to me once, some of the best threat hunters, for example, are, are gamers, are people that may have no background, but they love a game because I'm sure you know from experience, Shadi, Capture the Flag is basically a massive game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think the other thing that I think is probably advice is just go for it. Get people that will back you, male, female, whoever, if you've got a big supporter, sometimes just to give you a bit of a pep talk, right? Sometimes just to go, hey, I saw this job ads and I actually really like, think it would be good. What do you think? And just having someone to say, go for it. You should do it. 100% makes such a difference. Like having those people, whoever they are, as I say, male, female, just advocate, advocate for yourself and advocate on your behalf. Um, there was a good tip that I wanted to put it in now, I'm just remembering that someone told me, which is with the looking at job ads, is from both sides. If you're an interviewer, start to think about ways you can interview that may not just be a case of, oh, tell me about a time that you've worked in a team. Think of creative questions you can ask people, because everyone will just go, do you work well in team? Yes. If you were to ask, oh, do you play a team sport or do, are you in a band? Because there are things that need teamwork, and I think, it's also as a candidate, when you go and look at that advert and you go, oh, I can't do that. You know, there's there's stakeholder management and there's all this. It doesn't have to be a work-based thing, you know. You could be a parent in a school and be on the PTA or organising events. And let's be honest, we all know about school politics. So yeah. there's, you know, you could use that as an experience. And I think some of that is just back. I think my main advice is just to back yourself or find someone to back you and having the right people in your corner. And it's, you know, the worst case, you apply and you don't get any further, but you never know until you try. And I think the main thing for me is just back yourself. A no is a no, you get feedback from it if you make an interview, you learn from it. And yeah, cyber is, what is it? Someone said, I can't remember who says it, but cyber is everyone's business and anyone can be in it. And cyber will be a better, industry with all these different voices and you know from whatever background you come from exactly exactly uh, right. i was yeah <laughs> no i was asked once by someone mm -hmm. and they said okay, exactly how how many people you have in your team i said like 500 people and this is the organization so what I said everyone in, the, in this company is part of the cybersecurity team. It's everyone's responsibility. Um, and that's why we want to educate everyone who wants to work, being part of the team and work with us and not against us in some way. If you click on something, tell us straight away. The fastest we jump into that 
the better not after like we start seeing files getting encrypted so okay who did that so it's a, it's a big difference you're only as strong as your weakest link and if you're the one fighting it and you're not getting everyone else on the side as you say you don't know until it's too late and exactly. then by that, it's too late and they're in and they're yeah. in there moving around yeah and it's sometimes easy to blame the the staff the people on because this is the, the weakest link and it has to be both ways they have to feel comfortable and safe when they report these things they are not getting blamed they want to educate themselves they want to get better and working both ways in enabling people and teaming with them i think this is the the golden rule i learned as well in my in my career now this question is a bit tricky because i want to get some secret sauce that you do in your day-to-day -day work or an individual or any organization uh, what are the best advice or tips that you can give them to protect their data to protect access is there anything practical is there like a story that you can want to share about how can we become better oh, i saw this question come up and i was like i don't have any secret sauce <laughs> there is no magic recipe you know Cyber evolves constantly every day. I think organizations, most organizations now are getting across it. If they're not across it, they're starting to because, you know, you start seeing things like all these data breaches and stuff and it starts becoming very, very real. Um, so I think most organizations, if they're not already, they're, they're planning to be across, you know, identity, access management, all of the cyber controls. Cyber is becoming a very, very apparent big industry now. Yeah. Um, Identity and access management is also becoming, it may have been a bit niche before and it may be a bit niche still, but it's definitely becoming more important. I think on an individual scale, I was thinking about this and I think the, the only advice I could give someone is don't just assume that you, your data is okay. Like, you know, don't ju just assume that because you've given information to wherever that it's fine. You know, we've seen all those different areas where information has been leaked and you, it may have been the most secure area, you know, Fort Knox and you can still get into it. I think it's, yeah, don't assume that protecting your data is someone else's job. Make sure you're yeah. doing it as well, you know, from your own standpoint, make sure that, you know, you don't use the same password all over. You know, the, the usual stuff that people tell you yeah. where yeah. you say, don't use the same passwords, have a longer password, all those kind of things. Yeah. They're important. But I think the other the other side of that is people are starting to clock onto that kind of stuff. It's don't assume that your data is safe. If you know your data is somewhere you don't want it anymore, you're well within your right to go and say, I want you to remove this or I want you to remove me from your records or whatever it is. It's your data. You've got to take some ownership of it as well because otherwise it will be a case like when we all get the emails from whoever it is that you know we've been keeping your data and now we know it's out there and once it's out there there's yeah. nothing you can do yeah. you know it's exactly there. exactly is there like any privacy or fraud cases that uh you've been through or you you know like do you deal with fraud or it's not part of uh, what you do in your department it's not it's not part of what i do um privacy kind of a little bit because yeah. i think privacy just everywhere you know yeah. it's everywhere yeah. at the moment it's such a hot topic you know you watch and you just wait and see i saw I think it was not long ago the, the whether the OAIC is going to have a investigation against Optus and Medibank and all these different people and you know I think privacy touches everywhere fraud not so much but everything you do is kind of preventing fraud in a way do you know what I mean like yeah 
especially so where you, where we are, like fraud is going to happen if someone gets your details. So it may not be your directly linked. You know, there's stories out there all the time of people that give away their money or the cyber criminals got in and found whatever it is. Yeah. But you can't really be in cyber without having some kind of fraud there, I think, and fraud being in the back of your mind, whether that's, you know, stealing information for fraud, you're still kind of in the back, I think, on fraud. It's always there, Shadi, it's always there. <laughs> um, what, uh, what is the book or website that gives you that value, or is there any websites that you follow on the trends in cyber security? Um, hmm. See, I get mine from people more than websites. Oh, I like to good, yeah. I like to speak to people. I think, yeah, I like, the best way I learn is through, through speaking to people, and it's the way I've always done it. I, as I say, I've done it with you previously. I always remember our sessions sitting on the dark web, looking at cameras. You know, wherever we were looking. <laughs> you know, I think, I think there are like you know books and websites and stuff which are great and keeping up to date. You know. A lot of stuff on LinkedIn actually is getting pretty good, like articles that are being shared there. Obviously, the rise in cyber is the best place to go. Famous <laughs> 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 club, but you know, I think I think just sometimes it's just talking to people and you know yeah. engaging with people. And I'm one of those people that will say, "Oh, okay," but you've got to explain it to me like you explain it to your five-year-old child because you know I want to be able to understand it simply. Yeah. But I think, yeah, there's probably not a book or a website, aside from the Rising Cyber, obviously, that everyone should go listen to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost forgot to ask you, with like COVID-19, did it um, add a lot of work from your end? Like, you, do you have to do things differently or was there anything you need to do to secure people in a different way or anything like that? Not really from my role, obviously, I think COVID-19 turned the whole world on its yeah. head. I think it gave a lot of people uh, the baddies, shall we say. I think it gave a lot of threat actors a lot of time to sit and start to look. And I think, you know, I think people got a little bit careless as well. You know, you start giving your details everywhere because you should want to get some kind of conversations and, you know, I think, but I don't think it's changed the way because we were doing things like that before, yeah. you know, maybe more people working remotely or whatever, but like access controls have always been strong um, and they've always been important. So there's not really been anything that's changed there. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, that will be the final question I have. Do you regret not continuing in law and, you know, being in technology and cybersecurity or you don't regret that? I don't. I actually don't. I finished my law degree and I said, I actually don't want to go into law anymore and I went traveling and it was just by luck that I got picked up into a project for technology and started to have some amazing teachers who went through and, you know, taught me. And it was, I think I've been quite lucky in that the roles that I've found have been able to utilize the skills I learned from law. You know, I do, I, you know, do have some conversations with regulators or whatever and, you know, anything in governance and compliance is very law-based anyway. But for me, I think as soon as I learned about the basic principles of identity and access management, I thought, oh, this is a bit interesting. And I've just been very lucky that I've been able to incorporate both. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, 
six, seven years ago, if you'd have told me I'd have a career in technology and cyber, I would have laughed and been like, no, I don't. No, I don't. There's no way I'd be able to do that. And and that's, I think, proof is in the pudding that anyone can do cyber wow. and anyone can do technology if they put their mind to it. Yeah, I have to say you put on a very rational, strong, uh, you know, argument when you, when you want to as well. So, oh, um, it gives me some, yeah, I've been yeah, having some leverage, very yeah, good arguments and very good reasonings <laughs> with things. It, it helps. It, it's not a hindrance having a law degree, but yeah, I could never have dated law, I don't think. I think, um, yeah, it's yeah. such a good industry to be in. There's so many different ways you can go, you know, you can go and be as niche as you want or as varied as you want. I, I probably would say I'm more of a generalist. I like, I know a little bit of everything more yeah. than a specific detail, yeah. but and this is very as well important for leadership like you have to you can't master everything you have to understand everything in, in certain degrees and that gives you a good um, you know a hold of what's going on and i think yeah. this is where you're saying i'll you know a few years you'll be the size of one of the biggest banks uh, you know, uh, i don't think i'm, I'm ready for size i'll go and work under a good size um, Zoe, it has been a pleasure talking to you. It's such an honor. You're one of the smartest people I've met uh, in my career as well. And it is an honor talking to you today and, uh, you know, uh, getting some of your advice to other people joining uh, the trade. I would thank you so, so, so much and uh, wish you all the best. Thanks, Shetty. Rising Cyber by Chad Sally B.